Good to see you guys. Some uh, new faces, some familiar faces. Faces from years ago. <laughs> um, before I start, uh, just three quick announcements. Um, if I can remember all three. Um, the first is that uh, Tyler is, uh, from for the months of July and August, Tyler's going to be taking a sabbatical uh, as the worship pastor at Kingdom Life. Um, partly this is for his new uh, baby girl that's coming, whose name is... <laughs> and... Uh, um, <laughs> I'm sure you've all... Um, been blessed by the worship team that Tyler has led um, for several years. Um, and, uh, you know, with all the challenges of COVID, he's been amazing as well, you know, with all the extra challenges. So um, Dawn is going to be leading the worship team for two months. So we're excited about that. And we will uh, we'll pray for you next week. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not going to remember all three things. Okay, the second thing, the second thing, um, thanks, uh, Joel isn't here, I don't know if he's away off last week, just absolutely exhausted him, but um, he, he wasn't wrong when he said that I asked him to preach a tough sermon first time out at Kingdom Life, um, and he very kindly spoke to us about how we should be responding to what's happening in the country around us relating to racial issues, and um, he did a great job. Um, as good as I can imagine anyone doing. And if you didn't receive an email from um, Kath and I, um, we weren't sure whether to do more sermons on this topic or how to, you know, how to go forward. Um, besides, obviously, listening to the Lord. And um, what we wanted to do was allow all of you to ask questions. Okay. Um, and I've received a few. Um, but if you didn't get the email, if you have, if you got any question about what's happening in the country at the moment, um, Joel has offered to answer. Um, I will, I will add my voice in as well. Um, and then, depending on the nature of those questions, we will also public them, pu publish them publicly, as, at least to the body. Okay. So you're not just getting answers to your question. You will be anonymous, but you'll be able to see what other people are thinking and wondering. Okay. Uh, my email address is nicholas.kingdomlifechurch at gmail.com. Okay. I think I got that right. Okay. Um, so please do that. Um, you know, over the next week or two, we'll be answering those questions. We're not rushing this. Okay. Um, so as, as any questions arise. Yeah, I can't remember the third one. Okay. So... Um, we're going into a series on Psalms. At our elders' meeting this last week, sheep came up as the theme of Psalms. I can't actually remember where, you know, how we got there, but that is a beautiful sheep right there. Um, and I do remember what the third thing is. <laughs> See, you know, it's important, okay? It's important. Um, I asked Abby to, um, but she's not, she's in the back. I asked Abby to you know, bring gifts of bacon to all the fathers in the church. Um, but um, she's obviously taking her, her role as children's ministry uh, too seriously to do that. Um, so, you know, what, Mother's Day always falls on the first Sunday. It's, it's the prophetic Sunday. It's just, so we get a chance to bless the moms that come up here. And 
And let's be honest, they deserve it. Um, in all honesty, you know, I, I feel like a little bit of a fraud on Father's Day because you know, I think as fathers, we, we do some, we, we change diapers, at least the good ones do, you know. Um, we, you know we, we get our hands dirty, but for the most part, I feel like we get to do most of the fun stuff. We get to discipline, you know, and, and it's challenging. But when, when you say to me, celebrate me as a father, I think this is like, this is the best job in the world. Um, this is the greatest honor of my life. You're like, you don't have to th thank me, but I will keep the presence. So <laughs> thank you, and the kind words. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I wanted to say what a joy it is to look around this room and see so many fathers. You know, when this church started, we had Bill. Bill, were you the only father in the house besides me when we started? And the Winters. You guys came after a couple of months, didn't you? Yeah, and then we had more. Um, but now we look around now and we've got these young fathers just starting on the journey, um, really about to start on the journey. And what a privilege. Um, and there's... There's few ways to better understand the Lord and to understand his love of us than being a father and having children to love and to nurture. Um, but I asked him if I could do a sermon on being a father and he said no, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, so this, um, this sermon was, was rough. Um, on me, <laughs> um, and maybe this will make sense to you as, as I say it, but, um, but we, we're starting the series on Psalms, and um, there's, there's times when the Lord speaks to me, and I, I, other, people, other people who preach experience this, I'm sure, I know, I, I've seen this in Tyler, you know, for example, that sometimes we get this word, and it's, and it's great, and it's clear, and it's, inter, it's intellectual, it's, and we can wrestle with it, um, and it kind of filters down through our heart and our spirit, and we communicate it, but there's other times where, where it begins in our guts, because God's stirring something in us, um, and it's, and it's not always easy to know how to put this into words. Um, and so I'm, I'm gonna do my best to, to capture why we're doing a series on Psalms. And, and it's not complicated. <laughs> um, even as I say, it's quite hard to describe. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm gonna touch on Psalm one and Psalm two. Okay, each of those psalms can deserve a whole sermon, but there's some key themes there. The, 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 the introductory psalms, one and two, the great psalms that speak so much to the breadth of our faith and the reality of our faith. Um, so I'm gonna touch on a few things there, and then we'll see how we go after that. But I'm gonna be getting up a few people to preach over the next few, we'll just see, weeks, months? There's a lot of psalms, people. Okay, this could, I don't know. And you look, how can you, you know, you look up guides to divide up Psalms, and like my Bible has 20, and there's ones that have five, and there's ones that have, you know, 50, and you know, there's so many ways to do this, and my aim is that we'll be guided by the Spirit as we do it. So, all right. I was, when I was praying yesterday, I, um, I'm sure a lot of you, maybe all of us, have had this experience, maybe less in Indiana, I don't know, I grew up in beach country, but you know, you visit the beach or you go to the lake and, and when you're a kid and you, and you walk behind your parents in the sand or your, or your older siblings, and, and two things stand out to you, they have big feet, 
right? I don't know if you've done this. And you, you try and step into their feet. Have you done this? Yeah, yeah and, and the one thing is they have big feet, and, and there's this kind of, like, how, how is it people are that big, you know? Um, there's one thing that, at least I'm, I'm the baby in the family, okay? So I was doing this quite often. Um, the other thing, big feet, the other thing is wide stride. How is it that people's legs go so far? And, and it's fun, and it's entertaining, and, and sometimes you're a little bit off balance and you fall over or you stumble, you get back. But, but we walk in the footsteps of people who have more maturity than us, people who have more wisdom, people who have more life experience, all of these things. Um, and when I was praying yesterday, I, just, I saw this flash of me as a kid walking in my oldest brother's footsteps and on the beach, and, and, I, and, I, and I heard the father say that I, I, that I want you to walk in my footsteps. And, and I said, okay, Lord, what do you mean by that? Okay, because I, I, that means something to me. What are you saying to all of us about that? Um, and, he, and he confirmed something that, that Kath had said to me earlier in the day. That, that he wants us to wrestle with Psalms because he's wanting to invite us into a better understanding of our humanity. Okay, he wants to meet us in our humanity. Okay, because our humanity is not um, a bad creation. It's not sin. It's, you know, our, our humanity is God's creation. Our humanity is fallen, sure. Our humanity is broken, sure. But our humanity was God's design. He made us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. But um, as I say that, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a vulnerability that he's calling us to, which is where I've been wrestling. Um, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit more later. Um, the Psalms, they are obviously incredible, okay, part of our scripture, but they are full of the human, the human life. They're full of human emotion. There is worship and there is awe and there is wonder at God and there are calls to be courageous and there are calls to worship our great king, but there's also despair and there's death and there's suffering and there's questioning and there's asking God why. We see this range this range of human emotions in the Psalms. And I believe God wants us to be honest with him as we go through the Psalms. So you know, there may be some weeks where we do the week on rejoicing and your life is great and it like, just makes sense to you and, you and you rejoice. There may be weeks where, where we talk about Psalms where there's lamentation and there's mourning. You know, and maybe your life's great and that doesn't resonate with you. But, I, but I'm sure it's going to be resonating with someone in this room. Um, and we're going to walk through this together. I love what Bill Johnson says, um, particularly, I think, when he's going through a hard time in life. He, he starts to read the Psalms. And he says he reads them until he hears his own voice, until he sees his own emotion expressed in the Psalms. And then he finds a way out of that place. Because the Psalms, particularly when you're in a hard place and, and, and there's mourning and there's woe, et cetera, that we, we end normally on a high, that they draw us back to God, they draw us back to truth. And so my, you know, my prayer is that we, we are gonna find our voice as we go through these. And some weeks there may be more of that than others. Um, 
But then, you know, I, I ask the Lord this, you know, this, this year, we've, we've looked at friendship with God and we've looked at, we've looked at strongholds. We looked, we've looked at, you know, we, we've talked about wanting to be closer to Jesus and having less things that get in the way of us knowing him better. And so, you know, my obvious, obvious question to him was, why Psalms? Why Psalms next? And I felt him saying that um, he wants us to know that we are loved in our humanity that we are loved in our brokenness, that we're loved in those places where we haven't quite got it right yet. And that if we're willing to be vulnerable, if we're willing to be honest, if we're willing to be real with him, he will become more real to us. And there's, there's a promise which I can't quite quantify, but there's a promise in there. I believe he's saying that if we, if we are wanting more of him, if we're wanting more of his spirit, he wants us to be more real. That's so good. And I think, I think the Psalms are this incredible, incredible antidote to perfection. Okay, and we, I've said this a few times in the last few months where we've been preaching on these other topics that we are not a church that believes in trying to be perfect, all right, of this religious pursuit of access to God because our, our access to God comes through Jesus. And the Psalms are this antidote because we see the, the brokenness of man. And, I, and I, as I was preparing tonight's talk, I, just, I, I, I had this picture of us reaching into these parts of us that are broken. And, and, off, and, and holding them up to the Lord and say, Lord, do you see this? And him saying, yeah, I see this, I love you. And holding up another thing, and he says, yeah, I see this, I love you. And if we're willing, I'll take it. I'll take it. And so, you know, while, I have been, while I've been praying about this the last few weeks, I've been, he's, been, he's been bringing up things from years ago, painful things from years ago, um, ways that I've been trying to control my life and prevent pain and do all these things and he's saying I, just, I don't want that in you anymore but man sometimes it hurts to, um, to be vulnerable and to give those things up as silly as that might sound but I see us just saying to the Lord help us help me take this and he's going to do it All right, let's move on to some Psalms. Psalm 1 and Psalm 2, it's easy. Okay, you can find it in your Bibles. Um, like I said, these are, these are amazing Psalms. You know, some scholars say that they do, you know, these are the summary, the summary Psalms, uh, the Psalms that sum up our faith. They are, they are rich, but I just want, I felt the Lord wanting me to highlight a few things. And I'm hoping these things will set us on our way for the rest of this series. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does 
shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Man. So there's a lot there. Um, Obviously there's a lot there. Um, But I I wanted to focus just on two or three things. Uh, And and the first is that at the heart of the scripture, it's, it's clear that there's a choice. We are presented with a choice in the way that we live our lives. And we can't escape this choice. Um, we can choose a life that rejects God's way. We can choose to follow those who are against God and against His ways. Um, and I don't want to focus on that part tonight. <laughs> okay, but that's the truth that we have to understand. And that can be big picture things, it can be small picture things. Our lives are full of these choices that we make. And are our choices following the ways of God or are they following the ways of man, of broken and sinful man? Because the psalm offers us a choice and the, 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 those who follow the unholy ways, the ways that are not of God, we see, we see them at the beginning and we see them at the end that they are going to be judged. And essentially they become worthless, they become nothing, they are chaff. They have no eternal consequence. They have no eternal reality with God. But the majority of the psalm is focused on those who do choose God's ways, who choose to meditate on the law. Now, we can obviously, this as part of the Torah, we can focus on the law, on God's law, but we remember that Jesus said, how, the, how is the law summarized? How is it contained? Is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. That is the law. That is the summary of the law. That we are to love God. We are to love others around us. And the psalm calls us to meditate. That the meditation on God's word, on God's law, becomes a delight to us. I was blanking. Who's the guy that le- he's involved with IHOP? Who? No, not the leader. The, the, who, the, the preacher who rocks. Lou Engel. Yeah, did. Now, now that's a slightly scary man. Um, but <laughs> where this, this idea of meditation, um, it's not this kind of sit down and think intellectually about the scripture. It's about a deep meditation, which, which um, in some um, Jewish traditions would, would involve this, this rocking, this, this entering into this place of communion with God. And if you've ever heard, heard Lou Engel speak, you'll notice that the more fired up he gets, the kind of faster he starts to rock. It's kind of, he's, he's a little, he's, he's amazing. And that, that just reminded me of him. Um, so this is not just a call to think about. This is, this is a call to communion with God's ways. It's a communion with God's laws. And again, it's, it's not about being righteous. It's not about being right. It's making God's ways a delight. Right, that it's a delight. 
that it's what we delight in during the day. It's what we delight in at night. That if we're lying on our beds and we can't sleep, that, that our attention turns towards God's Word. When we're at work and we're surrounded by the business of the day, can we find those moments where we can stop and we can turn towards God's words? Grace and I have been using um, an app from John Eldridge since we read his, his book, uh, Get Your Life Back, and it's, it's got these pauses, which, which are great, because you can set them however often you want them in the day, and they just get you into this pattern. And there's a one-minute pause, a three-minute pause, and a five-minute pause where your phone just buzzes, and normally that's irritating. You know, someone's disturbing you and you know, distracting you, but this is, hey, I'm just going to stop. And you just meditate on God's Word, and you, and you, and you shift your focus to Him. Um, and it's, it's something that's been such a good thing to break out of the busyness and the habits that I've picked up. But the promise that then flows from this, um, from this, this meditation, from this delight, is that he who does this will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And I love what my, uh, my Bible commentary says, that this is not like a seed that just happens to float in the wind and land somewhere and gets lucky, but this is a tree that is planted by God's hands in soil where his river of life flows. And if we are tapped into that river of life and that, that water that's fueling the tree that's giving its life is the water of God and it brings fruit in its season and it gets li- gives life, it gives leaves that do not wither. That's an awesome promise. That is an awesome promise. Prosperity is promised. And not, I mean, I'm not saying that that's material prosperity. But I do guarantee that the, your soul will prosper and your heart will prosper and your relationships will prosper and your family will prosper. Maybe your wealth will prosper. I don't know, that's up to God. Okay, yeah, it happens, Larry. Yeah, it does. He loves to bless us. But I do guarantee you that your soul will prosper. And so the obvious conclusion from the psalm, I'm doing it first. Yes, there's this, there's this, this check that we shouldn't follow the ways of the ungodly. There's this reality that we see in Revelations where Jesus will ultimately judge the world. He will bring judgment. He will separate his children from those who are not his children. But... The point of doing this psalm first, besides that it's Psalm 1, is that it calls us to meditate on his word. And that's what I want us to do. Every Sunday when we come here and we look at one or two or three psalms, whoever's preaching, that's going to be their call. Please don't just leave on Sunday night and not open your Bible again to the psalms. Um, I want us to embed ourselves in them. Okay, I want you to stretch yourselves. Find Bible commentaries. Um, Tyler was saying he's just been given Charles Spurgeon's volume, which if you, it's massive, because he contains all his thoughts and you know, about a thousand other people's thoughts as well. I mean, it's just enormous, but, but wrestle. Wrestle with the word of God. Meditate on it, let it bring you life. Yeah. Let it bring you life. Yeah. All right, let's, let's look at Psalm 2. 
Um, it, uh, maybe, maybe you guys have a favorite psalm. I can't point to any favorite psalm. This is in my top five, maybe top three. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the, the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. So this psalm, um, this psalm is special to me for a few reasons. Um, it was a psalm that was given to me in my, uh, in my original design prayer, which many of you have had. So it was given to me prophetically. Uh, it was a, it's, a, it's actually, it's a, it's a text which I've heard the Lord quote to me as well in one of those few times I've heard him speak audibly. Um, but it's also a psalm I turn to a huge amount of time in my professional work. Um, because I deal with a persecuted church and because I deal with international politics, my life, I spend my life looking at bad things, basically. Um, for example, you ever put together a lecture on ISIS? And you want to tell your students just how bad they are, but you want, you want to show them some pictures, but you don't want them to be so graphic. I had a student who didn't sleep for two years because he watched videos of ISIS killing people. So I, of course, have to, I go through dozens and dozens of pictures trying to find the ones that will turn their hearts just enough to not be passive, but not so much to scare them, you know? <laughs> uh, look at Christian persecution. Over and over again, I'm looking at pictures of my brothers and sisters dying for their faith around the world, and it starts to wreck your soul and your spirit. It's hard. Um, and, you know, I look at, I, I, I talk to students about Miles China, and you look at North Korea, and you look at Stalin, and you look at these People, you look at policies, you look at theories, all these things, and they can start to consume you because you start to, your, your eyes start to be fixed on the power of man and the schemes of man, the movements, the ideologies, all of these things. And then God draws me back to this song. And he, <laughs> and he laughs at them in derision. One of my favorite examples of this is... Um, Forgive the, for the classical scholars in the room, uh, Diocletian. A lot of us know about Nero and how he persecuted the church, but Diocletian is probably the worst persecutors of Christians in history. Um, he was emperor till about 304, 305 um, AD. He, um, he minted a coin which said this. So his head on one side. On the other side, the name of Christians have been extinguished. He erected two pillars that 
where record of all of his achievements and included on those two pillars were, were, was an equivalent of that statement. Basically, I have eradicated the Christian faith. He was wrong. The next emperor, Constantine, the man who made Christianity the official religion of Rome. God laughs in derision at these schemes of man who would break his ways. Now, of course, many Christians, thousands of them died and suffered at the hands of Diocletian. Every one of them would be around God's throne. The plans of Diocletian came to nothing. I turn to this scripture every time I'm overwhelmed by the world around me because it reminds me that God is sovereign and it reminds me that he is omnipotent and he will have his way. He will have his way. Now this is one of those Psalms um, that is both um, about David and it's also messianic, it's about Jesus. Uh, just one thing to say about David here. Um, he is clearly opposed by kings around him. He is facing this storm of opposition. But David has this confidence. The Lord has declared, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. We understand this more as messianic, but it also applies to David. That David understands that he is the anointed one. He is king, he is anointed by Samuel. He is king of Israel. He will not be deposed by the schemes of man because he is God's anointed. Now we don't have Samuel running around anointing us with oil, making us kings, but we do have the Holy Spirit running around, filling us with himself, with the Spirit of God, saying that you are anointed children of God. You are marked by God. You are under him and his protection. Now this doesn't obviously make us immune to problems. It doesn't mean we have the perfect life, but Again, as we wrestle with the challenges of life in our own personal lives, as Dawn was saying, we can be fixated on these big things, but don't forget, God doesn't lose sight of the fact that we still have personal struggles. But as we face them, will we do what Jesus did you know, in that boat? Will, he, will we look at the storm and will we speak against it and will we remember that we are anointed sons and daughters of God and will we seek his peace? I know that's easier said than done, but it's a, it's a powerful call. Will we listen for the voice of heaven because we are his children, anointed by his spirit? But this psalm is obviously messianic. It talks about Jesus. I'm sure in your Bible where it talks about son, it's capitalized, my son, the son of God, begotten of the Father. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. And Jesus, Jesus calls us. He calls us to be a part of spreading his kingdom around the world. <laughs> As I, I studied history and politics, I, you know, I could have a lot of fun just rattling off empires that have thought they would take over the world and, be, and live forever. They all fail. They all end. Men always die. It's said of the church in China that it grew so rapidly after Mao died, not because the law changed, but because Chinese realized that he wasn't the Messiah. He didn't rise again. 
and they needed someone who did. <laughs> and they found Jesus. But the declaration that is made in the psalm, it's repeated in Matthew 28, in that final chapter of Matthew where we are given the commission. When the psalm talks about, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, um, we see this in John 17 in Jesus' high priestly prayer, where he asks for the Father's blessing. Or he asks for us to be brought into communion with the Father. And so there's this powerful, the psalm is so powerful because it calls us into this inheritance that we have as the children of God to work with Jesus until every nation is his or until he comes again. It calls us to be a part of this journey, to act as those delegated by the anointed one, which is what he did. We are not children of a weak God, and we are not passive observers of history. We are caught up in the greatest kingdom of them all, the eternal kingdom. One of the final thing I wanted to say is the other reason why I believe God wants us to go through Psalms is that you know, obviously the last few months have been really quite weird. Um, Adam Narcissa came here and talked about you know, us being shaken, and the, the, so much of the world has been shaken. And frankly, the world's been shaken without COVID. In my profession, it's remarkable how many experts have no idea what's happening, what's gonna happen next. That's not to depress you, it's just how it is. The world is changing the way that the men and women have thought about this for a long time. Their theories seem no longer to be applicable. So I don't know if it's gonna keep changing, um, I, I just don't know anymore, you know, which kind of makes my job wonderful and scary at the same time. But I believe that part of what God wants us to get out of going through Psalms is that as we wrestle with the difficulties of life, as we wrestle with the ups and downs, that as, as we are willing to be vulnerable, I, just, I, I have this really powerful sense that he, and this, this idea of him making us more real, is that he is going to make us stronger. And he's going to make us far better vessels for his spirit. To be the place that the church has to be for the world around it. Because we have a God in whom we can take refuge. Because we belong to the kingdom that will not end. Let us be a place of refuge as we find our refuge in God. Will you guys stand? And I'll pray. Maddie will think if there's anything that he wants to pray about as well. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Father, um, I just I keep hearing you say over and over again. Um, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Um, and let me into your humanity. And 
Lord, I know, I know that's not a, it's not an excuse to be passive or anything like that. Um, we think it's parts of our lives that are not right. That's not, that's not what it is, but you're calling us to let go of, of striving, of religious masks. You're asking us to be real with you, Father, and it's so stupid because, of course, you know everything. <laughs> it's like we can hide stuff from you. But Lord, I, I, I see that you, that you are gentle. That your desire is to, to reach into our lives and to, to pull, out all those, pull out those things in our lives that are inhibiting our relationship with you. Lord, I thank you that you have made each one of us. There isn't a person in this room that you do not know that you did not know even before you made the foundations of the world. There's not a person in this room that you do not have dreams for, that you do not have words of life to speak over. So Lord, we, we acknowledge, Lord, that, that we are your children that there are parts of our lives that are broken and, and we want you to take these. And Lord, we want to grow in the reality of our relationship with you. Even as we go through the Psalms, Lord, and we, we wrestle with the struggles of man, Lord, also to be lifted up in worship and in awe of who you are, our eternal God, the omnipotent and the sovereign one over all history. It is you who holds us in your hand. So even as we are vulnerable, Lord, we take our refuge in you. And ask, Lord, that your spirit will flow through the lives and the hearts, the minds, the spirits of every person in this room. Draw us deeper, Jesus, by your spirit. I ask this, Lord Jesus, in your precious and powerful name. Amen.